ask and it will be given you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for bread, will give a stone? Or if the child asks for a fish, will give a snake? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Today we begin a new sermon series, and in, in this series we're, we're inviting a few people in the congregation to suggest a text they'd like to hear preached upon. We're calling it, This is Your Text, dot, dot, dot. Now, some of you will remember, way back in the day, there was a show, This Is Your Life, and, you know, they'd surprise someone, and, and then they'd tell their life. Well, well, today, This Is Your Text, Mary Moore, because, because Mary wanted to hear... This text from Matthew 7, because she's not so sure about this text. And I bet, in many ways, she's not the only one who's not so sure about this text. Because in it, you know, it says, hey, hey, ask and knock and seek, and, and you'll get it. And in fact, I, I bet everybody in this room at one time or another has heard someone say, all you have to do is ask God and you'll get what, you're, what you want. Until you're praying and praying for that, that person you love to be healed and it doesn't happen. Until you're praying and praying for the job and, and that doesn't happen. And then they'll tell you something like, well, you, your sin must have gotten in the way. Or they'll, they'll tell you, well, you just didn't pray hard enough. But you see, I think there, you see, I'm holding my Bible today. I look Baptist or something, but I guarantee you I don't really look Baptist. I'm just saying. Sometimes, sometimes you need to have your Bible. Because here's the thing. Oftentimes, we'll take a few verses out of Scripture and we think we know what it means. But the problem is, it doesn't come into view. It doesn't make sense until we take a wider view. I think about the times when, okay, you got to go downtown or midtown, and you got to go to a building you haven't been before, and you Google the address of that building, and just about the first thing you're going to do is go out. So you can go, oh, yeah, that's how you get there. You've you got to get that bigger picture to know how to locate that particular place. Well, that's the way it is with Scripture. If you don't kind of go out, you may miss the meaning of a text, and that is what always, often, not always, is happening with this particular passage out of Matthew. This passage is in the middle of 
the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah, I see somebody pulling out their Bible, which is probably a good thing because we're in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus is teaching and teaching to all these people. He's kind of laying down the basics. Now, many of you know that in my other job, (laughs) I'm a full-time professor. I'm retired, says the newspaper. Uh, If any of you saw that, I have not retired. I'm retired from being retired, but anyway, that's... That's the news for you. And uh, in that other job, when I start a new semester or when I got a new group of students, one one of the first things I do early in the semester is talk a lot. I lecture more at the beginning. Why? Because I need to lay down some important ideas and concepts. I need to give them a bigger picture. I need to help them see where we're going. I need them to get oriented into the material. Now, listen, a lot of them are only going to remember uh, chapter 7 verses. Right? The rest of it is going to go in one ear and out the other because while I'm laying down all this great stuff, they're going, do I want to drop this class? They're going, do I want to buy these books? You know, they're not even there. I'm telling he's in school. They're not listening to what I'm really saying. They're not getting it all. And so I'm going to have to come back again and again during the semester and remind them, all right, here's the bigger picture. Here's how things tie together. And Jesus is trying to do that. He's trying to lay everything down at the beginning of his ministry and say to the people, this is what you need to pay attention to. And they're like, no. Yeah, whatever. So, if you backtrack the Sermon on the Mount, it's going to begin with the Beatitudes, right? Blessed are. Now, that Greek word there also means happy. Happy are those who are poor in spirit. Huh? Happy are those who mourn. What? Happy are those who are persecuted. Hang on a minute. Happy are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. You know, all of a sudden you're sitting there scratching your head and going, I don't want to mourn. What in the world is Jesus doing here? Why is he saying it's blessed to mourn? It makes no sense. Because what is Jesus trying to do? He's trying to begin by saying, here is life in the world and here is the kingdom of God. You want to live in the world, you're going to try and do everything you can to avoid mourning. You're going to have the most and the best stuff. You're going to be on top of the world. If you're over here, you're going to be sitting with God. And then he's going to talk about salt and light. He's going to say you need to be salt and light in the world. He says, uh, this is chapter 5, verses 13 and 14, you know, you're the salt of the earth. You need to taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. You're over here grabbing and tasting the world, and he's saying, taste and see that the Lord is good. And then, oh, Jesus isn't done. Now he goes into all this. You've heard it said. The world has told you. But I say, you've heard it said, "Mm, an eye for an eye. But I say, turn the other cheek. What? You, You have heard it said to get even with your enemies. But I say, 
you got to love your enemies. Now, wait a darn minute here, Jesus. Now you've gone too far. You're supposed to get my enemies. I don't want to love my enemies. But Jesus is saying, here's the way of the world. Here's the way of God. Take your pick. You can't have it all. And then, very, very interesting. See, you got to track through this Sermon on the Mount. Because after he's put these things before them that seem in some ways almost impossible, right? Turning the cheek is hard. Loving your enemies, that's hard. Being happy when you're mourning, ah, come on, that's hard. And then he says, so, let me teach you how to pray. Now, friends, remember that prayer is really our one way of communicating with God. Prayer is the way we are in relationship to God. Prayer is the thing you don't you don't pray you don't uh, you, you don't pray to anything else, do you? Gosh, I hope not, because because it is the gift given to us to be in relationship with God. Is this thing called prayer? But He says, you know what? Let me teach you how to pray. He says, don't. Don't go in, into your closet or stand in public and just be talking, 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 talking. Don't be talking like a preacher. Don't be doing that. He says, do this instead. Say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And then the, what's the very next thing? Thy will be done. Jesus says, how do you pray? He says, you pray for God's will to be done. You say to God, thy will be done on, heaven, on earth as it is in heaven. He, he, he's saying, you've got to let go of your will. You've got to submit your will to God's will. In all things, God is first. In all things, you have to be seeking the, the will, the, the wisdom, the discernment that comes from God. If you want to be able to live this life in the kingdom of God, you have got to learn to be in relationship to God and pray, thy will be done. You know, how many times do we start our day and say, Lord, in this day, thy will be done. How many times at the end of the day do we say, Lord, how well did I do your will today? How many times when we're going to go somewhere or we're going to buy something, do we stop and say, Lord, is this your will? You know, uh, uh, I'll just say uh, the 12 Steps program always has this emphasis on you've got to realize you're not in control. You've got to recognize that higher power in all that you're doing if you want to stay on that path. And that's what Jesus is saying. If God is not first, if, you got, if you're clamoring for all these other things, you're going to have a problem inhabiting the kingdom of God. Not my will, O oh God, but yours. And here, think of this. Right before the Sermon on the Mount, go ahead and just turn back a couple pages, Jesus is being tempted in the wilderness with all the things that we're always praying for. Power and for, for bread and to live longer. And every time Jesus says, not my will, but yours, O oh God. Every time. 
So when we get to this passage and we get to ask and seek and knock, Jesus has already told us what we are to pray for. He's laid it out there for us. He said, first of all, you need to be praying for the will of God. You need to be praying that you can submit your will to God's will in all things. In all things. And once he does this, you see, he goes into this, you, you know, your child wants bread. So you, you who are like messing up all the time, you're not going to give your child a stone. Or if, or if the child goes, uh, fish, you're not going to go, oh, here's a snake, baby. Right? I mean, I mean, you're going to give your child things that it needs that are good for that child. You're not, for one thing, if they're like, Mommy, Daddy, give me a set of sharp knives. Are you going to go, yes, baby, let me go get you those knives. Play away. I don't think so. Because you're going to say, no, that's probably not good for you. That's dangerous, right? And then you think about this, and here's the really interesting thing. Jesus gives an example of bread and fish, loaves and fish. Does that ring a bell? Does Jesus go and multiply the loaves and fish so everybody has enough of what they need? Imagine those scenes of feeding the 5,000 if there wasn't enough uh, food for, to go around. You wonder if those people would start grabbing and fighting and, and being mean to each other. But here Jesus says, you know what? What you need, there's enough of, and what you need, God will give you. What you need to live, God is about giving you the life to live. Go back to the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. Not the thousand rolls of toilet paper people still have in their attic from the pandemic. They didn't need them. Give us today what we need. You see, Jesus is saying, conform your will to God's will. Get God's will and way straight in your mind. And then what happens after this? He's going to go on and he's going to say, but you know what? It's not enough just to pray for God's will. Because once you know God's will, you got to do God's will. Right? He says, first of all, the golden rule. Do to others what you would have them do to you. Don't, you know, don't, don't go wanting to get your enemy. And then he says a good tree is known by its fruit. What comes out in our lives is the evidence that we are in accord with God's will. And then he says... If you think this, these verses in chapter 7 are about praying for whatever you want, then he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of God, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. 
If you didn't get it, he's come back to it again. It is always about God's will. Now, you see, the problem is so many of us live our lives in the church. We're not living our lives in God. Too many people learn how to live in the church, but they never get that spiritual relationship with God that says, not my will, but thine, O God. Am I living the life you want me to live? Am I acting in the way you want me to act? Am I spreading light? Am I spreading salt in this world? Because people of God, you can't have the world and have the kingdom of God. They are not one and the same. It doesn't mean that God will not give you life in that abundance. Yes, he will, but you have got to choose his will all the time because sooner or later we're going to find out that trying to do it our way just doesn't work. And so Jesus says, you know what? If you want to live the life where even in mourning you can be blessed, even when you're being persecuted, you can say, I am blessed. That no matter what happens or comes your way, you can say, I am blessed because I know I am living with yeah. Jesus. I know that I am doing God's will. I know that God will never fail me. People of God, we will always fail ourselves. Always. But when we're seeking God's will, when we're asking and asking, Lord, show me your will, when we're, when we're knocking and knocking and saying, open that wisdom to me, O oh Lord, show me, O oh God, teach me, O oh God, it will be given to us. And you can count on that. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.